You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded. Um, I mean, look, highlight was um, Flex, uh, but obviously Katy Perry and team sent me mm, flowers. I saw that. I know, um, which was kind of wild. I mean, I people who are like, how the heck did that happen? I mean, I did some groundwork on like kind of messaging her management and I have met Katy Perry four times. I'm a fangirl. If you've seen the show, you get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Um, and yeah, so that, I mean, that was honestly a highlight just at the end of the closing show to receive this bouquet that was shaped like a cherry. Welcome back to a new episode of the Theatre Thoughts podcast, hosted by myself, Justin Clark, and featuring an array of Australia's best and brightest in the theatre industry and beyond. You can get full access to the podcast by signing up to our monthly email and joining the Theatre Thoughts Patreon community for as little as $3 a month. All the details can be found by heading over to our Instagram account at theatrethoughtsaus or our official podcast Instagram at ttpod underscore official. Let us know what you think of this episode by giving us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, uh, to our mid-season finale of the Theatre Thoughts podcast. We have with us an award-winning Pacifica queer and neurodiverse writer, performer and producer who's just recently got back from LA, which we'll talk about in a sec. She has two successful one-woman shows under her belt, Cherry and Unkissed, who also runs her own production company, Sour Cherry Productions, who will be bringing Saturday Girls to Belvoir's 25A this August. They strive to champion for underrepresented voices to be heard and create works that uplift and engage audiences in new and exciting ways. It's Sarah Carroll! Thank you for jumping on! Yay! Thank you! Oh, man, you made my bio sound really exciting and cool. It is it cool. cool some... Oh, thanks. I'm like, oh my God, I did that? Yeah. I'm like, who is she? Who's that person <laughs> you're talking about? I've meant oh, to add man. on at the end the little sparkle that you do. You do everything with a touch of sparkle and glitter. 
I know, and you didn't. So I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna just assume you just did that anyway. <laughs> It'll come across in the audio. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it will. I think people will realize that when they see my shows, they're like, "Oh, it makes sense." Yes, there's the glitter right there. <laughs> so you just got back from LA, um, where you were touring Cherry, um, which I managed to see. Um, last it was last year, wasn't it? As part yes, of yes. Oh my god, last year. Holy yeah. Holy. Yeah, exactly. Um, how did it go? Tell me everything about it. What was the highlights? How did you go over there? Oh, my God. Um, I mean, look, highlight was um, Flex, uh, but obviously Katy Perry and team sent me mm, flowers. I saw that. I know, um, which was kind of wild. I mean, I people who are like, how the heck did that happen? I mean, I did some groundwork on like kind of messaging her management, and I have met Katy Perry four times. I'm a fangirl. If you've seen the show, you get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Um, and yeah, so that, I mean, that was honestly a highlight just at the end of the closing show to receive this bouquet that was shaped like a cherry, which no I... No way! Yeah, I didn't know until the next morning. And someone was like, you know what's shaped like a cherry? And I was like, no. <laughs> I thought it was some rich, bougie thing that like... What I love do. about that is that they've... Obviously not just gone, oh, she's doing a show about you, Kayla, just send us some flowers. They've gone, it's a show called Cherry. It's about you, yada, yada. So let's send us something Cherry-themed. Yes, yes. And it came with like a little note and they were all like, basically her and her team were like, we're all rooting for you. We're on your side. Like, so proud of you for, you know, putting yourself out there. Um, so, yeah, that was the cherry on top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oop. She did it. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, it was such a great experience doing Fringe. Um, I wanted to do an international debut. And so it was either Hollywood or Edinburgh, of course. Yes, That's of the course. other, yeah. Um, but with Katy Perry, it made sense to go to LA, obviously. And yeah, it was such, it was just amazing to be able to perform in America and like do some networking while I was over there. Mm. And a big thing I found about Hollywood Fringe that was so amazing was that they're really good at like fostering a community, yeah. which was quite a shock for me. Um, cause I was like, wow, LA like seems really scary, but it like, everyone was so friendly. Everyone's so passionate over there. Right. Like everyone wanted to come and see your shows and they'd have little mixes at like a fringe hub. And so I was like, cool. oh my God. Right. And so, yeah, I, I made so many new friends and saw so many awesome shows and everyone was like, yeah, like that's exciting that you're doing that. And I'm like, yeah, you too. Like, it's just this atmosphere that's like so exciting to be in. So yeah, it was it was nuts. I think I'm still processing and recovering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was following your journey on Instagram, and I was loving. I, I want to talk about some of the things that you experienced in terms of the difference between mm -hmm. LA and Australia. But I'll, I'll get to that in a sec because I'd love to talk about yourself. Um, introduce who you are for anyone who doesn't know you, um, and then yeah. uh, talk about Cherry as well and where this Katy Perry sort of obsession came from. Yes. Yeah. So. I guess, well, yeah, ever since I was 13, I um, saw I Kissed a Girl on Rage um, and yeah, kind of just like became obsessed. And I think in hindsight, also as someone I'm so, I have ADHD, I'm neurodiverse and also recently diagnosed with autism, obviously, <laughs> which is very exciting. Um, but I think in hindsight, it was to do with that, like just kind of I just became obsessed with this one person and this world that she created. And I was also a very like lonely teenager, um, didn't have many friends. And so <laughs> I kind of just latched on to Katy Perry and then found this community online of like Katy Cats. And then I, yeah, so 
just like became absolutely inspired by her and what she was doing. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, she's really cool. She's, you know, Katie Pro is all about like, believe in yourself and you can be anything. And I was like, yes, I can. I'm going to follow my dreams. Um, so kind of lived that life. Like I've traveled interstate to see her. I've traveled internationally to see her, met her four times, um, all that fun stuff. So I was just like, cool, I'm going to write a show about it. Yeah. Um, and it was during COVID and, yeah, someone, I think it was a friend, I believe Alex Ketty, um, they had written a cabaret about Meryl Streep, oh, which right. I hope they put, I know, and Alex, if you're listening to this, really make a revival. Yeah, I'd love um, to say that. Right? I, and so they did that and they were like, just write a cabaret or write a one-person show about Katy Perry. And that's, I think, where it kind of started. Mm. And I was like, cool. Um, so first the show was like more surface level of like me just talking about how obsessed I am with Katy Perry. And then I eventually got Nadia Townsend on board to dramaturg and kind of help me co-write. And then it kind of, yeah, started to become this deep dive into like obsessive fandoms and why I was obsessed and what what it is to grow up with like a pop star. Yeah. Um, and then what it means to be my own person and who that is. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of like a little bit of the evolution. That's so cool. And I guess, um, oh, I mean, my kind of connection with Katy Perry is when I was a teenager, I, I remember seeing I Kissed a Girl as well. But from like my sort of perspective as just like a young boy, I watched it and it was like, I think it was part of my sexual awakening as like a young kid. And I was just like, who is this woman talking about kissing girls on MTV while I'm like in the gym trying to be like a manly man, you know? And I just see I Kissed a Girl up there. I'm like, what is going on with my life? <laughs> But she's, and I like what you said about growing up with her because I've had this discussion recently with all the Swifty fans. Obviously, the the whole ticket sale fiasco that went on, everyone was trying to buy tickets for her. And we had this discussion about how Taylor Swift, like, I personally, and the people are going to hate me for it, I personally think she's a bit overrated, but that's okay. Oh, no, me too, but don't worry. (laughs) I also will get cancelled for it. We'll get cancelled together. 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 But um, but I, I feel she's done something right because people have grown up with her and seen her mature and seen her mm. um, digress as well in like different aspects of her life. And so she's created this image for herself that sells out audiences and stadiums all over the world. So I wholly appreciate that yeah. side of her. And I feel like it's the same for you with Katie. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think like, I mean, you know, the show, like I even kind of go through because there's different eras of like every pop star right and she did have her flop era which was witness that like no one talks about that album and she live streamed her life for 48 hours she like went through a moment it's okay um and in the fandom like it was interesting exploring that because people left like genuine fans were like i don't want to stand her anymore because like it's not the bubblegum pop thing and then yeah and then now her comeback is kind of like doing the Vegas residency and going back to the black hair Mm. um because we all did miss it and it's interesting like kind of I mean I like I'm definitely still a fangirl like I'm literally going to Vegas in a few months again are you really (laughs) oh my god I am right like I literally am and so like that's what's with the show as well it's like she's still like a part of me like even though I'm like I need to let go I am just a little less obsessed and attached but I still am on Twitter and like will stalk, you know, all the the fandoms, (laughs) show research. Um, And there are people who, yeah, like are are still there and have been there through that whole journey. And like, it's just, it's, it's so fascinating that, yeah, you kind of grow up 
with this pop star through mm. her whole career and then some people are gone and some people are still standing like me yeah so <laughs> and then you make a show out of it and then I make a show out of it and that's yeah well I was like I know too much like I have to do something with this information yeah like it has to yeah exactly and it's worked <laughs> no it's worked so far like you've taken off like heaps just from like from the fringe last year and then just seeing everyone jumping on board um, I guess yeah. the cherry train um, is just like... Oh, I'm taking that. Yeah, you take it. You take it. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, and just, yeah, it's it's really great to see because we love, I mean, I personally love seeing new work and new independent work take off and yeah. people developing like fan bases. But um, this kind of ties back to what I wanted to ask before. How did you mm-hmm. find LA different from Australia? Because I know in your stories you were posting a lot of stuff and I, I was like, ooh, that's great. And I was really latching onto it. So I'd love um, if you kind of expanded on that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, okay, oh, I mean, I don't know how the world's going to take this, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to talk about it. We're going we're to get like real about it. Um, I think the main difference is there's definitely a tall poppy syndrome happening mm. here in Australia. Yeah. Um, and I think it's this kind of thing of when you're successful here, um, people often go, oh, cool all right, like, good for you. Or, you know, there's sometimes like, I'm so happy for you, but it's not like a genuine, Mm. it's almost like it's this whole competition. And I think that also comes to this industry being quite small and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But it was interesting to be in America and having been in this industry where, you know, like I definitely have had success here, like, you know, um, which has been great. But then to go to LA and kind of you know, literally I knew five people like there and I had five shows yeah. and I ended up selling out two of those shows, wow. which was nuts. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because, you know, I went there and the community was just like very open to embracing you and wanting to hear about your work. And like American audiences as well are like nuts. Like they give you everything. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, like I, like, for example, I mean, a big thing was like, so I, when I did Cherry in Melbourne, there was one show and I remember like the audience was kind of giving me nothing. Yeah. And I left and I was like, oh my God, I'm a flop. This is oh, happening. I'm no. going to my flop era. Like it was so nuts. And even like my tech was like, yeah, it was a really weird audience. But they were like, but you, like you were great. Like what? Mm. And I had a reviewer in that audience and I was like, oh my God, they're going to cancel me. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> like this is not good. And then the review ended up being like a great review. And then people would come up to me after that show and were like, you're so funny. And I was like, so laugh. Like, yeah, yeah, I find yeah. Like, yeah, like, right? Me. Like, give me feedback. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like sometimes some audiences here, like, are very much like, 
if something's funny, they'll like in their head be like, that was funny, mm. but like won't give anything. Yeah. And so, whereas in America, it's like a total opposite. Like they, I had audiences cackling and like commenting and like, yes, girl, like, woo. And I was like, whoa. Mm. And then like standing ovations at the end. I could Love get used to that. that. Love that. Um, but yeah, it's just this community of support and, you know, I, it felt less of like a competition. Like yeah, I just right. felt, I felt really seen to be honest um, with my show and here I kind of find like I'm often battling and like mm. fighting to be seen all the time, even, you know, where I'm at, which is like, you know, I'm never lost on me. Um, yeah. But I still feel like in this industry here, you're kind of constantly like going up ladders yeah. and then you get to a space and you're like, wow, okay, cool. I've made it. I like ticked off my goals. And then this industry's like, mm, but maybe like, no, not yet. Like keep going. Or like, who do you think you are? Right. Like, you know, okay. and even just celebrating successes, like over there, um, you know, me being like, I sold out a show. They're like, yes, yes, you did. And it also just as an, a creative, it's an amazing atmosphere to be in because you're just kind of being pushed up with everyone. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it comes down to Americans being that very American, like out proud boisterous loud yeah. like you can hear them wherever you go like there was i remember i saw a show it was probably choir boy i think and um and there was a, there was somebody in the audience who was definitely american because like one of the main guys hit his high note and i heard from like somewhere in the audience he's like slight hit it and i'm just like i'm trying to watch the show right now <laughs> I was just, but i feel like it's that very american thing where it's it, it's like built in the audience to give that feedback where I feel like in Australia we've still got this very like I'm gonna sit here I'm gonna enjoy the show yeah. if I if I want to laugh I will but I don't want to be too loud because other people might like you know look at me yeah, yeah. and I agree I think yeah there were definitely some shows where I was like I mean my for chariot works because I do have that audience like you know interaction and then mm. I like close the fourth wall and I'm like no listen to me and so I kind of I improv it so I lived off it because I was like this is everything. Like, this is what I want. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe like there's also, you do need that happy medium, which I think is something Australian audiences could learn from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Giving, I think just giving a bit. Cause it's, it's a, it's very vulnerable to put something on. Oh yeah. Um, big time. And then just be with nothing. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> I did um, the, uh, the post show Q and a Meraki literally like this yes. week. And we were lucky enough to move out of the green room down to the gig bar. Um, and so I was like in my head the entire time, like, am I, am I performing or am I doing a podcast? So I was very right. conscious that there wasn't a lot of like noise coming from the audience, but then I was like, but it's not, you're not doing a performance, but you're doing a podcast. And I was like, ah, in like these weird two minds sort of things. So, um, yeah, it's a very strange sort of area to be in. Oh, it is. Yeah. But I, I still, yeah, I think. Just if Australian audiences could just give a little more, that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just go on. <laughs> well, um, you're also talking of shows. You're also producing with your uh, Sour yes. Cherry Productions Saturday Girls at Twenty Five yes. A at Belvoir. Um, so let's chat a little bit about that. So your yeah. your production company is that relatively new, or have you had that for a while? Yeah, no, I literally just launched that this year. Right. Um. Yeah. So it kind of came from because I. Um, from Sydney Fringe onwards, I was kind of producing myself, like my one-person shows. Um, and so I was like, well, I should probably just use this because I was like, well, they're successful. <laughs> so it's, you know, 
Um, so yeah, it kind of came from that. And yeah, obviously the cherry thing has, you know, the cherry train. Mm. Um, and so I don't actually know where sour cherry came from. I think I just needed cherry in the name. I don't know where sour cherry came from, but here we are. So that's all I have to say about that. And so Saturday Girls, is that a new, uh, like an original piece or is that based on a play of some sort? Yes. No, it's a completely, um, new work. Um, so the kind of like two sentences to sum up. So it's like, it's a tender, hilarious story about queer girlhood, um, high school sexual politics, and growing up in a world that's determined to box you in. Um, so it's very, it's very queer, queer female joy, I think, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, and yeah, we premiere next. We open in less than a month wow. at Belva Twenty Five A. I love Twenty Five A. I I didn't actually know for a very long time that that existed. Um, and I think it is such a good thing um, that I feel like the Sydney theatre scene needs, um, you know, to be connected to a pre-established theatre uh, that is so well known, um, had so many big names yeah. such as Belvoir, to have that independent branch to it. I feel like it's so good. Oh, it's it's so good. And I think, you know, for me, kind of, I've definitely moved like more into producing and having that under like my... Um, my toolbox and I mean this is like the first show that I'm kind of that's not my own like not my work as well and I'm kind yeah. of just solely there as a producer and actually I mean I've done some other producing stuff for other people's works but I've always kind of come in like a little later in the process and they're like oh here or I've been attachment to something with like I work with like performance space as like a junior producer so that's like very different but this one I'm like literally been there from beginning and will be there till end so it's been a wild learning curve I'm like what the heck yeah um but it's so great because it's like you know great to have like Belva 25A under my belt um but also be connected with the whole team there and yeah for you know Miranda our writer to have her work um premiere at Belva Mm. it's like nuts it's so exciting and I think some of the best shows I've seen like in the last two years um two of them I know off the top of my head have, have been in 25A um you know, it yeah. was the Italians and never closer with my two. The Italians, oh my god, I'm obsessed. Yeah, yes, great. I agree. I watched it recently on an ATL as well, Australian Theatre Live, and I was like, just as good, still good, just as good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm so because I actually, well, speaking of the Italians, Brandon is in our cast. Oh, amazing! So I know. Look at that. So look at that little. Um, yeah, we're very excited to have Brandon. Um, he actually came into the room. Oh, he's, we haven't told him this, but I'm going to say it now. Um, he came into the room and we were looking for, he was like actually the last for the character of Rory. I think he was the last person we saw like at our callbacks. And then we cast him. Like he actually walked out and we all looked at each other and we went, we're casting him. That's so good. I love that. That's so good. I love a good audition story. Right? And I just told his, so yeah. you're welcome, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, one thing I did want to ask um, before I ask um, uh, one of my, I guess like is my big question um, is, uh, you, and you kind of touched on it with you turning into the producing role as well, um, but how do you kind of stay inspired and motivated, I guess, as a theatre artist and what what is it that keeps you coming back to the stage in like all these different roles? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, honestly... No, that is a real, I think for me, I think it's always coming back to my why. I kind of have like a little, and I, there's someone that I have to credit about this who told me to do it and I'm so sorry. Um, but someone kind of told me to brainstorm like 
what your why is. So why, like asking myself, why do I create work and what do I want to do in this industry? Um, and so for me, which is kind of at the end of my bio, it's like kind of to create new and exciting work that inspires people, particularly coming from like underrepresented um, communities. And honestly, I think that always comes back. Like when, I, when I'm writing a new work or like, you know, feeling a bit of the jet lag or the burnout, um, I kind of always come back to that. And I do have like a little collage, um, like on my Pinterest board of like, you know, what I want to achieve and, you know, different photos that inspire me. And I think that's always what I come back to. Um, and also honestly, cheesy as it sounds, but I always think about like little 13 year old me who was like watching movies yeah. <laughs> and was like, I, I want to be like a Hollywood star. And I'm like, we're working on it, baby. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. So yeah, I think just always coming back to my why and, you know, always watching things that like you know when I was growing up like I I love the like Y2K like movie canon like the early oh, 2000s films yeah 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 some of them problematic I know yeah yeah I, but it, it was 2000 I get it yeah um but I love like a good girl chick flick and yeah. just kind of going because a lot of my work is inspired from that so yeah of course it kind of yeah I always go back to that but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> rest no. is great. Yeah, rest is always good. Yes. Yes, it'll be good to have a little rest. Well, I mean, I'm heading over to Edinburgh Fringe soon, so I guess there's no... Oh, you are? Yeah, oh, my God. there's no rest Amazing. for me. But it's going to be fun. Very, very excited to go. And uh, I haven't been since, like, 2015, so I'm very excited to go back. Well, now I'll be following your journey. You were following my LA journey. I'll now be following your Edinburgh journey. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, no, I will have to message you off the chat because there are a few shows I saw at Hollywood Fringe who are going to Edinburgh. Anyway. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, good. Because I don't actually know where to start because there's so much. Fair. So uh, yes, any indication is always good. I'll send you recommendations. Good. Uh, well, the big question I've been asking on the podcast um, uh, is I'd love to know how you think the industry, the theatre industry has changed in recent years and how mm. that um, has changed the work that you um, create and the work that you involve yourself in. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I think the big thing that comes to mind is the diversity conversation, um, which is a really big one. And there are definitely changes happening very slowly. We still got a long way to go. Um, but I think like when I was kind of starting out, which was like, you know, late, like twenty. 14, the, those, that era, um, I, there wasn't any discussion about that. Like I, cause I am Pacifica, but I have the skin tone of Snow White. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Don't worry. I tan. So then people go, Oh wow. Yeah. Maybe you are. Um, but I always get like ethnically ambiguous right. and like for the longest time I was like, Oh, like, that's cool. Like, cause I had an agent that'd be like, you get so many roles cause you're ethnically ambiguous. Like they just don't know who you are. Right. And then realizing with the way this industry is turning away, having those conversations, like that's actually really harmful mm. to like say that. Um, cause it's like, well, no, like I am, this is who I am. Like, this is my identity. Right. Um, and I think in terms of like the work that I'm creating and that those conversations are opening up, I've become more confident in my own skin. Cause I am at the intersection of many different identities. Um, and I used to hide them before and kind of like conform to like what I think was, you know, to be cast or what I had to create. So I had to write stories about X, Y, Z. Whereas I think now I'm a little more like, this is who I am. Um, like take it or leave it. Yeah. Cool. And so a lot of my work, I mean, you know, even just the journey of Cherry in the year, I think even that show has become more like, I've become more confident about it, even performing it and just being like, this is who I am. And like, if you don't like the Katy Perry bubblegum pop thing, like that's cool. Mm. Um, 
don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't only say if it you to my like face. me. Yeah, don't say it to my face. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think, and you know, the work that I kind of gravitate towards, you know, I always make sure that's all accessible and um, putting diverse voices at the forefront because mm. I think that should just be the norm. And hopefully one day yeah. <laughs> we won't be specifically being like, oh, like diverse voices must apply. It's like, no, everyone, like that should just be a given. Yeah. They have space. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Great answer. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Well, um, I'd love to wrap up uh, with our one minute theatre thoughts questions, yes. if you'd like. Um, so essentially, um, it's just, uh, I'll ask you a bunch of different questions, um, roughly a minute. And it's like, whatever comes off the top of your head first um, is uh, is what, com- what comes out, I guess. Yes. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, cool. Alrighty. Here we go. What has been your favourite production you've seen recently? Okay, so I'm going to say one from Hollywood Fringe, um, and it was called Sound Trip. Okay. Phenomenal. It was like an all-immersive experience, um, and you kind of listened to things through headphones. I want them to come to Fringe here in Australia. Um, but in Australia, the last show I saw was Sex Magic. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I heard really good that things That was a while that. ago. But I was yeah. like, don't worry. It counts. It I was counts. away. It counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, my God. Well, I Kissed a Girl, Katy mm. Perry, yes. obviously. Or I'm a Slave for You, Britney Spears. Oh, very good. Um, what role haven't you played yet that you'd still want to? Ooh. I would say, okay, it's have the play that goes wrong. Oh, yes. I... I'm obsessed with that show. Yes. I saw it on Broadway like I'm years obsessed. ago. Anything in that show, yeah. please. Yeah. Honestly, I'm manifesting. Oh please. my God. I will join you right up there. It is probably my favorite play I've ever seen. I'm dying when I go. Right? I'm, I'm going to go back to London when I'm overseas and I'm going to go see it again. It will be like the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. So. Oh just, my God. I'm jealous because I've only. Oh my God. I've only seen it once and it's still stuck with me. It's just. It's perfection. It like is. everything. Oh, anyways, yes, that would be my role. Um, as a second, uh, next one, sorry, um, is uh, which production would you most want to see come to Australia? Ooh, Mean Girls. Mean Girls, yeah. I saw that in 2018, I think. Oh, my God. So I was in New York as well, like, when it kind of just first opened, and I could never get tickets. Oh, really? Like... I know, and now, like, I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, so I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it'll, like, it's, it's got to be coming to here soon, like, surely. It has to. Yeah. That or Hades Town. Oh, That's also yes. a really... Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, And last one, this is, like, a bonus question, and um, I don't know if it's going to be challenging or not. What are your top three Katy Perry songs? <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. Oh my god, what have you done? And my brain is exploding. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, one, I kissed a girl, obviously. Mm. Two, um, unconditionally. Um, and three, it's one fingerprints, which no one knows. Oh, it was okay. never a hit. Um, it wasn't my show, like in the leaf blower moment. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I think one of the most underrated songs, and it should have been a single, but that's how you know I'm a real fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you hit the obscure one in your top three, and yeah, you're, yeah, no, she's a fan. Yeah, <laughs> she's a fan. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for jumping on um, and talking about thank Cherry you. and Saturday Girls. Um, very excited. Um, I don't know if I'm, I might just miss Saturday Girls, but I'm sure I'll get somebody <gasps> oh. to go see it. Um, yes. Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Well, gonna, Other people can go see your, it exactly, for exactly. me and then they can tell me all about it. It's true. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to see thank where your journey you. goes um, from here. I'm back at you in the podcast. I'm so excited. It's very exciting. A massive thank you goes out to Sarah Carroll for joining us as our guest and helping to organise today's episode. You can catch Saturday Girls at Belvoir's 25A from the 9th to the 27th of August, 2023. Head to belvoir.com.au for tickets or follow the link in this episode's description. The Theatre Thoughts podcast will be taking a mid-season break while I'm over at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival covering all things Fringe. You can follow the journey by clicking the link tree which has links to all of our social media. This episode was produced by Echidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.